0: On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be bringing in Joe DiBiase, the host of Locked On Sabres and the pregame host for the Buffalo Bills Radio Network for some football talk and the Florida Panthers' 4-1 to win over the Buffalo Sabres. The Panthers played a different style of game that matched pretty well with the high-flying offense of the Sabres. And we are going to discuss how... This can carry over for the Panthers as they are continuing their eight games in 13 days. All on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
0: team every day. And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast and Locked On Buffalo Sabres podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Buffalo Sabres your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Buffalo Sabres feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez, the host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mono Man12 and thankful. To be doing a crossover edition of this show with the host of Locked On Sabres, Joe DiBiase. Joe, it's great to get together again for another crossover.
1: What's up, buddy? We've had uh, both our teams play within 24 hours of each other. That's rare. Probably, yeah. isn't it? maybe it never happened. I don't know.
0: Not to my knowledge. And it's funny because yesterday, when it was halftime, and I was just noticing the schedule with both of these teams, um, both of these uh games taking place in western new york i was thinking you know what regardless of result i wanted to uh set up a crossover and maybe talk a little bit of of football and talk a little bit about of course the hockey game as well which is what our podcast is about and yeah let's start a little bit with the football side of things i mean of course the the miami dolphins uh having their third street quarterback in skylar thompson still having a chance to win uh, what really cost the dolphins for me uh, is really all the drop passes early and getting behind the eight ball. And it's crazy. Yep. Even with all of that, they had they had a lead and also play clock mismanagement for for the Dolphins. Oh it, yeah, it, they they got to the line of scrimmage very late and had to like really burn their timeouts and it it really cost them that game.
1: The delay a game at the on their last drive to go to fourth and six instead of fourth and one. I don't know what was happening there. I saw Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, after. Uh, talk about it a little bit so we don't – communication errors. He he talked about on that specific play, the fourth and one, that the refs originally had marked it a first down, changed it to a fourth down, so they had a first and ten play in, had to change everything to go to a fourth and one, so that played into it. But their mistakes beforehand caused them to have no timeouts, and then they weren't able to call a timeout. So that was crazy to see some of that clock management um, along the way. But yeah, Buffalo is, uh, as annoyed at a playoff win as humanly possible, as much as I've ever seen, just because of the expectations and the spread that you saw going into that game and just the mistakes. Cause that's a, I, the bills are a better football team. They outgained them two yep. to one. It was like 450 to 200 and this team makes mistakes and it was, I think a warning shot, uh, the, you, you got away with it by the skinnier teeth against that Dolphins team without Tua, or else that wouldn't have happened. Uh, you can't put that game on the field against Cincinnati, or the Bill season will end on on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and uh, I was expecting this to be a not a not close game for for Miami, mm-hmm. and it looked that way too, right? It was seventeen to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought. It was, oh, it was it was great while it lasted. Uh, on to next season, and and the the defense even though i think the defensive coordinator is likely going to go and the special teams coordinator they stepped up when uh they 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 needed to and and made it a game especially that Xavier howard uh interception uh which was a deep ball to the uh, which he took it like 40 yards 35 40 yards something like that but hey um found a way to win uh not gonna not not necessarily uh (laughs) and not necessarily cheering for Buffalo the rest of the way, obviously, but mm-hmm. the, also the moment that I heard that DeMar Hamlin visited the team the day before, yeah. it was just a shot of, I, I can only imagine the shot of inspiration that just put place on, on the bills.
1: Oh yeah. They're, they're playing with a fire under their butts with, for him right now. And like emotionally they're charged. I mean, they still make mistakes. Sometimes that actually maybe even hurts them. Like Josh Allen wanting to do it all on one play. These Bombs down the field over and over. That is him. So you just have to kind of live with that because sometimes it goes great and you win by 50. Other times it goes poorly and you let a team into a game that shouldn't be in it. But um, they're all emotionally charged right now. Hamlin's recovery also. I don't know about you. I did not know that much about like cardiac arrest recovery periods and whatnot. The idea that within a week he was flying home. And then at team facilities, like 10 days later, is still incredible to me. Again, coming from someone that really did not have any prior knowledge of like what the recovery timeline was like for, for someone that had cardiac arrest.
0: Yeah, and this is why we try not to play uh, doctors on on social media when, when, mm-hmm. when it comes to cardiac arrest with with uh, DeMar Hamlin, of course, concussions with Tua, who might have had two, maybe three, based on everything that happened in week three to week four as well. but. Mm-hmm that's why that's why we just trust what 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 they say and and their judgment and of course we're still learning about these things in sports but let's transition on to uh the the game that happened this afternoon on mlk day a 1 p.m uh start for for both the buffalo sabers and the florida panthers one and one that the that the south florida and buffalo split in this in these last 24 hours and Uh, a surprise call-up for Ukapecalukin, and of course, a very highly ranked goalie prospect for the Buffalo Sabers in, in in their yeah. system. And what what do you make of what do you make of that uh, surprise surprise call-up uh, well, this morning?
1: It, it wasn't. It, it actually wasn't really much of a surprise. They've been doing some roster gymnastics uh, over the past couple of days because they've had three goaltenders: um, Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie are on one-way contracts. And Anderson has been good. I think Craig Anderson has been every bit what they have hoped um, for the Sabres, but he really only plays once a week at this point. I mean, he's 42. I think 42. He's yeah. so that oldest goalie in hockey. Comrie is the one that really has not been performing up to standard. So they've been really starting Lukanen. Like, Lukanen has played three games in a row for them. He has played seven of their last ten. So he is their starting goaltender, and he has been really for, like, the last month of the season. Um, they're just, they're doing like paper transactions up and down because they've got one more guy on the team than they really want to have. So mm-hmm. it's just like, there's money stuff to it. Um, when you see like tomorrow, you might see Lucan get sent down. Don't read into the, anything into that. He won't actually go to Rochester. It'll just be official transaction. He might start the next day. Well, he won't start tomorrow, but he might start on Thursday. Um, he's been great and it, I should maybe put great into context. He's been better than the comparison, better than the alternative because this team has been starving for, for goaltending and he's had a bit of a run here. He's been had a bit of a run where seven starts. All right. He looks like a competent NHL goaltender. He's not quite yet at stardom level or, you know, thinking he could be a franchise goalie yet. He's still very young, 23 years old, but I've been impressed. He is big. He moves around really well for his size. Acrobatic saves. He's definitely got stuff to clean up. Don't get me wrong. Like rebound control can be all over the place at times. Some of this positional stuff. Um, he's very raw. And at twenty-three, that's normal. You're probably dealing with a little of that with Spencer Knight, maybe not as much because Knight's more polished at this point. But yeah, I, I I'm impressed with him right now. And I might not see an end in sight. He might he might really take over their net the rest of the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't really necessarily to pin today's, uh, loss for Buffalo on, on Okapeka Lukanen and, yeah. and really this game for the Buffalo Sabres. And I spoke about on this morning's podcast for myself about the, the speed that Buffalo yeah. has. And of course we've seen, we've seen the coming out party of Tage Thompson last season, of course, carrying it over to this season being paid, still making 1.4 million before his contract hits next season at, at just north over seven and yep. really for the story of this game was the florida panthers just taking away the speed of the buffalo sabers especially through the neutral zone every time they even enter the yep. panthers zone there was already a, a stick ready ready there and 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 the gap control for the panthers had just been was playing so well what what did you see uh for for the buffalo on that end I-
1: I thought it was a lot of that that frustrated the Sabers the way Florida was clogging the neutral zone and that is a little bit of their the blueprint against them. The Sabers like to trade chances up and down with good teams. Like when they play Toronto, it's fireworks every time because you know it's just up and down the ice, speed, skill, and they're gonna right now in their in their form at the moment. They're the youngest team in hockey. They're not gonna win that game with Toronto more not, times than not. If they play that that team ten times, they might lose. They might lose six of them. They might lose seven of them. They really don't like playing in these slugfest-type games. They just faced one. Um, they just they just faced a team. Uh, oh, who the hell did they play the other night? The Kings happened a little bit earlier in the season. For two periods, they got them, and then the Sabres finally got going in the third. Um, Kellen Time Who the hell? I can't remember who they played their last game. Uh, the Jets. Winnipeg with Connor Hellebuck did the same thing Florida did in this game on, on Martin Luther King Day. Just take away their speed, frustrate them through the neutral zone, focus on Tage Thompson. Don't let him get going. And the Sabres don't have a lot of alternatives to it because at that point, now it comes down to goaltending. Now it comes down to defense and the Sabres weak points right now are those two areas of the ice. So I thought if that was Florida's game plan or if they just kind of fell into it, it that is the the blueprint, I think, to beat the Sabres team right now.
0: Yeah. and, 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 Definitely a different type of game that the Florida Panthers played, used to other than what they've been used to playing. And we're gonna be discussing that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Buffalo Sabres. But first, we're gonna tell you all about Bet Online. And Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds trends for every professional in Amber League out there for, from pro football to college full season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you'll find these at BetOnline as well. We're always, the fastest and easiest way to get your your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Back on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Buffalo Sabres podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres on, on the show today. And really, uh, Joe, multiple times uh when when of course with the Florida Panthers uh scoring chances, it's mostly been when the experienced guys face up against the the, the younger the younger guys and yep. first goal, lots of credit to Sam Bennett. He pins own power to to the end boards and and then the the puck ends up in Matthew Kachuk's stick and Matthew yep. Kachuk spoke about been raving about it all season, how he's the guy who leads the NHL in passes from behind the net. And of course, just with a lot of white jerseys in front of the net, the the buck bounces. And then Brandon Montour, former, uh, Buffalo Sabre, finds the the back of the net for this one where Brandon Montour has, uh, six points in six games against Buffalo. And then the third goal for the Florida Panthers, which was Tage Thompson trying to skate through four Florida Panthers players. And yeah. Barkov strips him from there. And then Anton Lundell and Sam Reinhart are off to the races. And then Lundell beats ukapeka uh, Uka for that uh third goal of the game. And I saw I saw multiple multiple times that it was the veterans for the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. for versus the versus the young guys. And even though their career trajectory, I mean Owen Power's only in his second season in the NHL, I saw mm-hmm. that that those guys went face off against them that that they were they were pinning them their their sticks were active and and yeah. and they, they were great at puck separation especially right go good as uh as far as on the defensive side even though he didn't get a point he on on the defensive side him and marora um that pair only allowed four shots on goal the whole game
1: yeah yeah that's wow and the, the it, it feels like this is a team the sabers would like to play against just because of the veterans they've got both the stalls um and gudas gudas skates well for his for his size so he's not maybe the best example of that but i i was surprised florida didn't want to trade up and down with with the sabers and that's fine like they got their chances and they still ended up with 33 shots on the night so it's not like you know it's not like they were playing 2000 devils hockey where they're just they're playing the trap and getting 18 shots on goal um but I, I was a little surprised at the way this game script went. And that worked against Tage Thompson, especially. I thought stifling Thompson, I, he, to me, did not have a good game at all. That was the first time I've seen Don Granado break up that top line of Thompson, Skinner, and Tuck in a month, two months. Like it's been a very long time since, even for a period, he split those guys up. And he did that um, in this game. So that was going well for them and also I I think the Sabers were just preoccupied with Matthew Kachuk and that's two games in a row now that they have done that and listen like part of part of it I think is a, a galvanizing thing for this team to kind of have a villain like that because this Sabers team like the last time they were good 10 years ago it all got broken down because Milan Lucic ran their goalie once upon a time and nobody stuck up for Ryan Miller like the whole team blew up after that happened because they knew that core was not together. And then they haven't been good sense. Like, I don't want to stick it all in that one moment, but that happened. And I like saber fans watch these two games against the Panthers and Kachuk trying to bully his way around through, which he often does because that's the style of game he plays. And, you know, even cousins taking a two minute penalty there. Like, I don't think the Sabres and Sabre fans are upset at that or at the end of last game when they were going at him, because I, the two Florida games, I think fans look at and think, okay, this unit is together. This team is together. They do not back down. And that's something that doesn't mean you're going to be good. It doesn't mean you're going to make the playoffs. It's just, you know, it's a nice little thing to have in your back pocket, scoring goals and actually creating chances is obviously more important. And that did not happen in this game.
0: Yeah. And it, it's funny that you say that about, uh, about being together. And, um, uh... Matthew Kachuk right now is on a seven-game point streak for the Panthers. The, listen to this. The the Florida Panthers, when Matthew Kachuk has a multi-point game, are now 14-1-3 when, wow. when that happens. And also, th- this game was also about the defense as well. Uh, the, the, also, the forwards were also supporting the defense that every time, the a lot of times when the Buffalo Sabres were entering the zone, the Florida mm-hmm. the forwards were there to back-check. So, so there's not putting also as much pressure. And with that goal by Brandon Montour, the yeah. – the panthers defense as far as goals they're tied they're tied for first in the nhl in goals with the carolina hurricanes and fourth in points uh in the nhl of course there's still the defensive issues for the panthers especially on their end and uh, this was like i said a different type of game that the florida panthers played because they've been relying on their power play late as of late they've been the second best power play since we returned from the christmas break and the 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 last time they they faced the pa- panthers had two power play goals against the sabers but that was only two out of four yeah. in the whole month of october they went 4 for 41 in that month two of them came against the sabers <laughs> and wow. and, uh, and uh and the and the panthers uh power play at that time was just abysmal overall and this was this was mm-hmm. it it was, it was great to not have a game for the panthers that it was just them uh re- relying on that on the extra man
1: yeah I, I was, I'm I'm impressed by the Panthers. I still, I mean, this is only a one game sample, but they were the better team in this game. They controlled the, the, a lot of the possession. I was actually surprised that the shot attempts uh, actually came out the same, at least at five on five, they were 44 apiece. Um, cause it felt like it was more heavily weighted towards the Panthers in that regard, but the Sabres also did pour it on a little bit late. Panthers knew they had the game. So that kind of can, I think, inflate the stats a little bit. Um, Sabres now by three at one point. So Florida's not, you know, pushing the envelope as much at that point. So I thought first two periods, especially, you know, Florida kind of showed off their talent a little bit and I Kachuk, especially man, like his playmaking ability and his ability to finish as well. I know he's gonna score a goal in this game, but just always being around the net, creating chances. It's, it's incredible to me. I'm not sure you've talked about it a million times throughout the season. It is incredible to me that it appears they won that trade with Calgary in the off season. And yet the team results have, have kind of not been there.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating, but this, but now the Panthers have won five of their last seven, which is yeah. now their best stretch of the season. And this 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 statement what i'm about to say might trigger panther fans on my end because mm-hmm. we've heard Paul Maurice spoke speak about playoff style hockey for the panthers but this was the type of game for for really the first not the first time this season there have been stretches but for the first time in like a while for for the panthers that they've they've had they've uh played uh th- that that type of game for 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 the panthers and also an- another trade uh, for for the panthers it's it's still not set in stone whether they won the reinhardt trade still because mm-hmm. even though reinhardt has nine points in six games for the the panthers um against the sabers there uh, like i also realized that yuri Coolidge had such a great world juniors and that was the pick that the panthers that the yeah. sabers got from florida yeah. and of course devin levi someone that that performed well in the in the in the world juniors just 2 years ago too. And yeah. and also for for the Panthers as, as well. Like I said, not relying not relying on the power play, but also their third periods. Their third period, their 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 goal differential in the third period is minus 19. Oof. And they've That's gone stretches cool. of 10 minutes sometimes without a, a shot on goal or a very few like two mm-hmm. or three. Going back to their game against Dallas last Sunday. But one of their shots ended up in a goal. That was the Tage Thompson strip from Barkoff and the two-on-one from Lundell and Reinhardt. But for me, this was not the game to nitpick for on my end because this the, this was a a game that was already put away. Versus other yep, times, right? Vegas, right. Vegas, they had a two, they had a one goal lead and they let it slip. Vancouver, they had a two goal lead and they got it down to one. Even Colorado, they were up three nothing and it ended up being tied at one point. This, was, this, for me, was not the game to nitpick because I never felt it was out of hand.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I wouldn't be nitpicking the way they played in the third period. Sabres were buzzing around, but, I, again, you play the prevent defense, you're up three goals, you, you kind of let them have the puck along the wall, kills time, so I, I you know, the hot streak as of late, Reinhardt playing better, I mean, I just think there's too much talent on this Panthers team for them to not get in the postseason. It's going to be tough. Uh, That, that Islander spot right now, I think, I don't think the Islanders get in. I think it's between Pittsburgh and Florida. I think there's too much talent there. I think Sabres might hang around just to be in the race. I don't think they can realistically get in, though. It'll be, You know, I shouldn't say that. We'll see. They, they can go on a torrid streak. They've already done that uh, twice this year. But my guess is, just looking at the season overall and watching all these teams in the Eastern Conference, I think the Islanders drop off. Sabres hang around but don't get in, and it comes down to Pittsburgh or Florida for that last spot.
0: And the Panthers have a head to head against the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, next Tuesday as well. So that, that, that one yeah. is a really real, that one's going to be what want to really circle around the schedule for, for the Panthers. But in segment number three, we're going to talk about what's coming up and what to anticipate for the Sabres and the Panthers the rest of the, uh, in, the rest of the month in January. But Joe, tell us first tell us all about Athletic Greens. Yeah,
1: before we do that, let's tell you about Athletic Greens. AG1, I use this stuff every day. I have the little droplets. I put one drop in my water every day. Don't even notice that it's there, and I'm getting all those healthy vitamins and minerals that you need. Also, AG1 shakes are great as well. They taste great. They're easy to make. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. I've been keto over the last year or so. It fits with my diet as well. It supports better sleep quality, and as someone that wakes up at 4 30 in the morning to do my radio job, I know how important that is. It supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the, it's got the, all the best things, athletic greens, uh, with all the vitamins, vitamin D, uh, adaptogens, probiotics, and more. Athletic greens, has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts as well. Right now, Athletic Greens is going to make it easy for you. Go to their website, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. They're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Third and final segment here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Sabres. I'm Armando Velez. I got Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and the pregame host on the Buffalo Bills radio Mm. network, which is, of course, why we spoke about a little bit of football in the first segment for us two. And, of course, my experience in doing uh, uh, Dolphins writing for DolphinsTalk.com. Might have an article um, in the coming days about what to do especially at the quarterback position. We might we might have a little bit of a discussion about that. But Joe, um, for the, for the Panthers, this yeah, right here for them is really the beginning of a just their biggest stretch of the season. 8 games in 13 days with three back-to-backs in them. They got four out of 8 points recently on their on their last road trip where they played in four time zones, which is so difficult to do. Very little practice time, and of course they're going to get very little practice time for uh, for them as they have a back to back where tomorrow they'll be in Toronto. It's it's a very short trip. Of course the Sabres have a back to back as well um, as they will be going to Chicago uh, tomorrow. But th- th- I said because of the game, especially because of the games in hand that Buffalo has on Florida, and of course you, I know you said that they'll be sticking around, but I felt coming into this, that this was the most important game for the Florida Panthers on this road trip, because Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to get into the top three now in the Atlantic division catching Toronto.
1: Oh yeah. No, that's going to be really tough. I mean, who who would you Toronto or Tampa? I mean, that's a, well, I guess what are they? They're nine back of Tampa and Tampa's played four more games. That's, this is tough. That's just tough math. I don't want to see Florida's not capable of going on a run like they would need to, but, They'd probably have to be the best team in hockey the rest of the way to catch Tampa, would just be yeah. my guess by how that math works.
0: Yeah, uh, and honestly, it, it, I've been very up and down of how I looked at the standings uh, for, for mm. myself because uh, the, the Panthers, they still haven't gone on a three-game winning streak all this season. And wow. It's funny, the Chicago Blackhawks have had two three-game winning streaks, and they're the <laughs> second-worst team in yeah. <laughs> the National Hockey League. And it's crazy to think that... The Panthers have won five of seven in their best stretch of the season. You would think that there will be some type mm-hmm. of winning streak there, but it still hasn't happened. Of course, if they win tomorrow against the Leafs mm-hmm. at Scotiabank Arena, and, and we don't know if Spencer Knight is going to play. Right now he's on injured reserve. They might put Sergei Bobrovsky back-to-back in back-to-back games, and this wouldn't be the mm-hmm. first time this season that uh, they, they've they done it uh, for, for him. As Alex Lyon, of course, won a Calder championship with the Chicago Wolves, last season but he still hasn't had uh, any starts for the Panthers so I'm, don't I'm not going to put a guess on who the starting goalie is but he Spencer Knight is eligible to come back off injured reserve so I, I'm right now for me from a Panthers perspective I'm just looking at trying to get some wins in a row and not mm-hmm. necessarily doing too much scoreboard watching yeah the Penguins play the Ducks tonight I'm not expecting the Ducks to go into PPG uh, paints arena nope to get a win uh, against the uh, Pittsburgh
1: yeah and for the Sabres coming up, I, I think this is a real opportunity uh, for them. They've got it's tough because their schedule is easing up in terms of opponent, but because of because of the, the devastating blizzard that happened here um, it's right before Christmas or actually it's on Christmas. They had two games postponed and they are really making those games up right now. The Sabres, four weeks in a row are going Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then again, uh, two more times. They are packed in terms of scheduling this month. So it's going to, this is, hey, if if any team can do it, it might be this team to make it through this month um, playing at least half decent hockey because they are the youngest team in hockey by a wide margin. So fresh legs, young legs, keep the roster going or interchanged uh, guys in and out. Um, it's going to be a challenge here, but as I said, the schedule kind of eases up in terms of opponent Chicago tomorrow night is a game. You should win. The Islanders are above the Sabres in the standings. I think the Sabres are a better team than the Islanders though. I think the Islanders are paper tigers. I think they're going to drop back to the pack. The ducks then after that, who aren't, they gotta be the worst team in hockey, right? So Mm -hmm. Chicago and Anaheim might be the two worst teams in hockey. They're two of your next three games. Dallas is tough. So you got a Dallas game mixed in there. And then the blues who haven't had the season that they've wanted either. So this is an opportunity here against some West coast teams that are near the bottom of the standings. I'm getting, it's getting a little tricky though. Sabres have dropped four or five after a very lengthy winning streak. So that's kind of evened out itself. They're hanging around, you know, the games in hand is still there. But again, as these games are so packed in by the end of the month, They're not going to really have games in hand on on teams. So they're going to have to get those points banked into the standings this month. Um, And I think that would really determine how close, how realistic of a playoff chase they're going to be in right now. They're five points back with two games in hand. Theoretically you win both games. I know it's easier said than done, but you win both games. You're one point out. Um, And that's not mentioning Florida or Pittsburgh, but that sounds like a race. That sounds like a race. And for me, it's just keep pace. Don't lose the pack. There have been plenty of seasons where they've looked like, okay, we might actually be in this thing. But just scoreboard, give us scoreboard watching in March. And then they've just fallen off the cliff and we're at 15 points out by the time you hit the trade deadline. Just hanging around. You're the youngest team in hockey. You're not expected to make it. But for God's sakes, give these fans a race to care about. And I think this month will really determine, these next five, six games will determine how realistic a, a chase we're really going to be looking at.
0: Yeah, and, and geographically also for the Sabres, because of where they're located and just based on the, the rest of January, you're not yeah. traveling far for, for to, to go to your games neither. I mean, Chicago's like maybe like a one and a half to two hour flight from Buffalo. Yeah. You you have a few you have a matinee game on, on Saturday, and then of course Dallas and St. Louis uh back to back, which is that's a quick trip as well. And then Winnipeg and Minnesota are are, are right there as well. So not only is this team Fresh as an age, but also travel for for them as well. So this this might not be this might not be too much mileage on on the Sabres as well it, with their schedule coming up. But of course, the Win, Winnipeg is uh Win, Winnipeg. Of course, the they have Rick Bonus there, where where Paul Maurice's former team, and now they're towards the top of the top of the Western Conference there as, as well. Is that
1: a is that is that a thing? Is anyone mentioning that? I'm not saying it's Paul Maurice's fault by any means, but it is a little curious that. Paul Maurice leaves one team and they're first place in the West and he goes to another team and they go from President's trophy to out of the playoff picture. Again, I'm not putting that on Maurice. I'm not watching their yeah. games close enough to know if that's a thing. But it is it's either coincidental or maybe there's uh maybe there's something there. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I mean from the Florida Panthers uh perspective, and of course, when you go to President's trophy, and of course, with the cap issues that the Florida Panthers have with Keith Yandel and and the inability to keep a Giroux and Marchment due to the the cap as well. Hmm. Uh, I, I I think that's part of the part of the issue as well. But then there's there's still a little bit of the issue with Paul Maurice just waiting a little bit to make uh, some adjustments as well. And th- the coaching hasn't been perfect for the Panthers. I'm not on the fire Maurice strain. A lot of Panther fans online are really, uh, wow. but but it, it's just crazy how a little bit of a jolt when it came to when it comes to. Uh, a, a new yeah. coach and a new voice. And of course, Josh Morrissey is, uh, is, is up there in the Norris conversation along with Rasmus Dalin uh, and yep. with, with, uh, with uh, Eric Carlson it, it, as well. So uh, crazy to think that what, um, when one, when one coach leaves uh, yeah. it, another, uh, situ- uh, the, the team that he leaves improves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It might be a coincidence. It might be something there. Rick bonus is not some, you know, you know, some, uh, some innovative thinker, by any means. Uh, so it's not like he's come in there and like changed every little thing that they're doing. Um, I mean, he was the coach of the jets in like the eighties. That's insane. Like I, I can't even, who would the Sabres coach been in the eighties It'd be like, if, if, well, I guess it would have been Scotty Bowman. <laughs> It'd be like if Scotty Bowman came back, that might be a little different. Uh, but it's just insane to me that like a coach could leave an organization, have a 30 year career doing other things and then wind up back in that team. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, listen, coaching a lot of times comes down to goaltending. That's the way I look at it. A lot of times, it this is, you can look this up. Go back in the last 15, 20 Jack Adams winners and look at their save percentages for each team. Like They're getting insanely good goaltending, which is very hard to control if you're the head coach. It just kind of happens. And that's happening right now in Winnipeg. That's not, I, I don't know how we got on the Jets here. I, I guess I got on the Jets here, but. I look at them and think that coach is in the running right now for coach of the year. And I think their whole team right now is Connor Hellebuck is the best goalie in the world. That's it. Yeah. Like Morrissey's great and they've got some good pieces up front. But in large part, they're the same roster they've always been. The difference is this year, Connor Hellebuck is playing at an insane level. Um, I think he's the best goalie in hockey. And, you know, it, in Florida right now, like, listen, if you're not getting saves. That's, I think, a lot of times when the coach criticism comes in, when they really, you know, it's kind of misguided criticism.
0: Mm. And thankfully, Sergey Bobrovsky has been well since December 1, uh, yeah. posting just over a 9.20 save percentage. For today's game, single save a percentage, it was 9.69 for, for Bobrovsky, and they really did a, a good job of definitely uh, protecting him. Uh, of course, um, don't know if he necessarily saw that uh, goal uh, by Alex Tuck. Don't know if he was uh, screened there uh, yeah. as well. But hey, uh, overall a great performance, and he's on the he, he's uh he's had to step up when taking majority mo- most of the load. Of course, with Spencer Knight having a non-COVID illness last month, and now he on injured reserve uh, for the Panthers. Who knows yeah. if he's be activated tomorrow? But hey, uh, Bobrovsky has been a lot a lot better, and I and I, I said it on Twitter, and I'm gonna uh, say it, say it here. Put some respect on the ten million dollar man. So <laughs>
1: yeah. And but, I'm watching it back right now. Like Darlene is screening him. Um, I It's not, he's not completely uh, absolvent of, of criticism there. Cause I, he's just not hugging the post. Like he should be for a bad angle shot like that. But I, I wouldn't put all of the blame on him because yeah, D- Darlene is standing right in front of him. When that mm-hmm. shot comes through.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, great performance regardless from Sergey Bobrovsky. And of course the defense uh, right right in front of him, but Joe, uh, I want to say thank you so much for doing this crossover yeah, edition to of the Locked, Over, Locked On Florida Panthers podcast with myself. Tell everybody where they can find you and your work and what you do online.
1: Yeah, so you can check me out uh, on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Um, you can follow the Locked On Sabers podcast anywhere uh, you're listening to Locked On Panthers. So easiest way if you want to check us out on YouTube, just go to YouTube, type in Locked On Sabers, it'll come right up. Otherwise, you can check us out on Twitter at Locked On Sabers there as well. Uh, lots of football tweets, lots of all sports tweets. So if you're coming for Sabers, you're gonna get some other stuff too. Just a just a heads up for everybody out there.
0: <laughs> Yeah, especially since this is a South Florida show. Uh, I don't know how much they'll like the 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 Bills talk, especially now losing to them. Like <laughs> for everyone on the lockdown. On, who are they rooting
1: please. for? Who they gotta be rooting for? Somebody. They probably shouldn't be rooting for the Bills, division rival, yeah. but they do have to pick somebody, right?
0: Yeah, they they do. I mean, Jacksonville is not a division rival, so I mean, so I've they, been all maybe, over
1: the Jags all year. I like that. I like that. maybe
0: keep in Florida. Who knows? So. But uh, for everyone on the Saber's feed, you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And you're going to see some Panthers tweets along with some Miami Dolphins tweets here and there. And just questions about their offseason, uh, especially where they're going to be in solar cap hell, just like how the Panthers are this season, come next season for them. But Joe, thank you so much. And uh, I will see you on the next crossover.
1: Thanks, Amarno. See you then.
0: And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the Lockdown NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steer Odin, and Locked On NHL Prospects with Heidi Halakash. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Lockdown Sports Today gives you a daily Monday through Friday podcast, 20 minutes or less on the entirety of the sports team with exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Follow Locked On Sports Today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm Velez with Josie DiBiase. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.